and welcome to another episode of the Turn Up For What podcast. Well, it's not another episode because Trader Bill is back out on the floor and he's traded DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, you heard that right. The Texans have traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals. I can't make sense of it. No one can make sense of it. But let's give it a try. And join us this week on the Turn Up For What podcast is young Ari Gold from the Texas Unfiltered podcast and the circumstances. How you doing? Um, I'm okay right now. Um, I think the initial shock of things has started to wear down and now I'm trying to put my football mind in place and try to, I guess, rationalize the best I can with everything that's happening to see if this somehow makes sense I, I, I don't know if it does um, I really don't I mean I think there's some things that we could talk about but um, it's a weird one that's for sure the first thing I tweeted out was is this the beginning of the end and I think it, I think it might just be finally and it was when I saw it come through I mean, it was quickly after the fact they traded for David Johnson, which I thought, yeah, okay, guess get a pick back for the draft makes sense. Low, get reasonably low key move, and the bombshell strikes, and my just overriding emotion was just he's gone too far this time, and I think that's exactly what he's done. Yeah, I think originally, um, you know, there was a lot of smoke around it this time compared to years past with DeAndre, you know, um, in every off season, it seems that there's some interest of some sort or, uh, teams calling. Uh, but there were too many national reporters that were, um, really putting it out this time. So I started to dig in a little bit just to see kind of where things were going. And, um, you know, I think, I think initially you're right, like too far, right? Um, at the surface of this, when we look at it, um, just as an you know, like an instant emotional reaction, it's too far. I think when we look at it holistically and we think about just the vision of the team, um, you know, there aren't any ways to really spin it into a positive. Which is something I, I, you know, you know me pretty well. That's something I try to do. Um, it's something I, I, I tend to just try to spin however I can. I try to look past the initial move and look at other areas that and, and things that can happen. And there are still some things. I mean, there really are. There's still some things. Things could be happening right now. They're not done. I know that. Um, but you can't spin this into a positive, right? Whether it's him and DeAndre had issues um, really doesn't matter, right? Because everybody's had issues with him. Uh, Whether it's he wanted a new contract, uh, even though he had three years left, really doesn't matter. Uh, Because really you had him uh, under contract, so there's nothing he could really do. Uh, You didn't have to reward him. So... The, the 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 real issue I have is just the return. 
it's not the trade of DeAndre Hopkins. I think a lot of people are, are more pissed that DeAndre Hopkins was traded. Um, I try not to emotionally get attached too much to players because these things happen. Um, but when I think of, so when I think of the trade itself, I get it, you know, but then I look at what we got in return. And at that point, uh, I think it's fair to say that Bill O'Brien is in over his head, uh, as far as his responsibilities as a GM. Uh, and that's going to eventually trickle down even more to, uh, the head coach. There's a saying in soccer, which is a sport that I grew up with more than I did this before, you know, somehow got myself into this mess, following this team, and it's, you know, one player is never bigger than the club. And that's true in many sports. Uh, and it's true in this case as well. You know, the Houston Texans will go on after today. And then, so you kind of try and, you know, you know, preface it with that. And then when you take... The points after that, something you just touched on there, was the return there. Because you can't, you know, every player has his price at some point in his career. Was the return there? Absolutely, categorically, under no circumstance was that a feasible return for a guy who's a 1,200, 1,400-yard receiver, almost double-digit touchdown, misused last season, put inside... Uh, when when his skill set, you know, is is suited to being out on the perimeter. So what? Where does that? Where does that leave the the talent? Obviously now, and I think uh, Pat Starr tweeted out the number one unequivocal need of this team is wide receiver. So it doesn't help you this season. Arguably, doesn't help you next season because you just don't know who you're going to get in the sec, you know, in the fortieth overall pick. I think that they've got from this. And if he wanted a contract, fine. It's argument that, you know, these deals are done and that after two years they're not worth much and you just restructure it. Uh, and if he wants to hold out, you let him hold out and he comes back with his tail between his legs at some point because he's under three years. Now, it might have been the case of we don't want another clowny. And that's fine, but they're two years in a row. He has given one of the top three players in this team, let them walk out the building for cents on the dollar. And that has got long-term effects. It's going to have immediate-term effects in this season, we're about to see. But of all the players you would have thought he could have done this with and got his emotions involved because there's rumours that they're button heads and a couple of people have come out today and said, look, I'm breaking my journalistic code and I'm going to say this. They didn't get on or they haven't been getting on. The common denominator is one man and he is, you know, he's doing his best. To take, he, well, I think he thinks he's doing the right things for the benefit of the team, and he always says that. But in this case, it's far from it, and it's it's tough to take because, you know, you feel like this team isn't too far if they can just get a couple of things right. But you take a star player, a key player out, and it's it's suddenly a lot further from its goals than it needed to be. Now, I've been at, sitting pretty much petrified since I saw the trade because there was so many more tweets from various people across the media. That's not the biggest trade come. There's another trade coming today. And, you know, I wouldn't bet against the Texans being involved in another one, just like they were last offseason. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot. There's a lot said there. Um, you know, there's when you look at... coming out, like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tough. no, no, no. Um, when you... So, I guess, at the you know, the, the, the beginning of when you started to talk about it, I think... Um, 
you know, the 40th pick overall and a fourth round pick swap and David Johnson, who in this, I mean, originally we, we basically, since we took on all of David Johnson's salary, we literally only gained $4 million in this trade of DeAndre Hopkins um, for a 28 year old running back who I am a fan of. Uh, I think, you know, has, he, he, he lit the league on fire, but since that time he's been hurt, he's 28. Uh, he's got a $10.6 million cap hit. We took all of that. That hurts. Uh, when I look at the draft value, um, you know, I we literally uh, five to ten minutes after DeAndre was was traded, uh, the Baltimore Ravens received a second round pick for their third best tight end. Um, Brandon Cooks has been Brandon Cooks has been traded for a first round pick in back to back seasons. Uh, you know, there is. The the part of this trade is the return, and we got nothing back. That's a problem. Uh, considering that we've seen a ton of draft capital moved out over the last year. So if the intent was to not recoup some of what we put out, um, that's somewhat of a, uh, you know, a, a red alert as far as, you know, where is the mindset and what are we doing? Uh, now, I will say this. We are very early in the tampering period. It had just opened four hours ago um, or three hours ago. Uh, there are still lots of things that can be done. Now, I will say this as well. This is the deepest wide receiver draft class that the NFL has ever seen. So if you have the 40th and the 57th pick in the second round and there's a wide receiver at the end of the first round that you want to move up to get, uh, you have the ammunition to be able to do so. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it still doesn't make sense for this team moving forward. I, I, I don't, I don't agree with Pat stat. I don't agree that the number one need is wide receiver uh, because you, you know, what you, let's take fuller out of the equation, I guess, or let's, let's have them, but not count on them. You still have Kenny. Uh, you know, we've been hearing good things about Kiki in the off season. Uh, so if you add those three, you have a, a decent starting trio of wide receivers. If Kiki can get his act together and fuller can stay healthy. Um, and, you know, I, there's just there's still, you know, free agency. There, there's lots of things that can be done. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs is out there on the trade market. Uh, Keenan Allen is, is supposedly uh, on the trade block as well. There's moves to be made. And so I'm not going to sit here and freak out. Now, I will say this. While DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in the league, um, I, I do wonder if this is a shift in philosophy as far as how we want to utilize our wide receivers. Um, you know, DeAndre is basically a, he's the best possession wide receiver. Um, and his ability to get open is incredible, right? He's very physical off the line, uh, is able to get open in space, but, you know, I'm wondering, you know, honestly, I, I don't know. I'm trying here, but I, I just, uh, you just you, you can't make this move, at least for what we got in return. You know, if we would have gotten the number eighth overall pick in return, then then you talk then then you're like, okay, this makes total sense, right? You can grab a wide receiver in the second round, add a legitimate pass rusher in the first round, then your team looks better. Uh, while it doesn't have the security blanket uh, that DeAndre Hopkins is for Deshaun Watson, I also wonder if that's part of it. You know, a lot of times last year, and we've talked about it a lot. You know, a lot of times last year and the years years prior since Deshaun's come to the team. 
his first look is always DeAndre Hopkins, which if you have a number one wide receiver, that's going to be where you go. But his his ability, his his lack of scanning the field, um, you know, I think when we talked um, last year, that was one of the biggest issues I had with him. Um, you know, does that take that away? And does this help Deshaun take the next step? I don't know. You know, we're all scratching to try to find the best of this situation. And until we're going to, it's going to take a week to be able to see where we're going. And uh, while it sucks uh, because DeAndre was a great wide receiver, I still think that um, I still think that the team is fine. Uh, Now I don't agree with the move. The biggest issue is going to be a return, but this isn't the first time we've seen Bill O'Brien get fleeced in the trade. You know, we talked about, we talk about Clowney every time we're on this podcast. And every time I come on, we, we, he comes up. And the reason is because we got nothing back for him. And a lot of that had to do with timing. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, we got nothing back for Clowney. And we pretty much got nothing back for DeAndre Hopkins. If this is going to be a continuous situation, um, this team isn't going to go anywhere. Yeah, it's just, I think, like you, like you said before, it's, you know, do you look at it from their point of view and you think, okay, you know, is it going to improve the team this year? The answer is no. Was it a case that you needed to get an aging vet off the team and clear up some salary cap space because you want to take, you know, Texas 2.0 under Bill O'Brien and the Deshaun Watson era? And if that's the case, fine. Um, and I actually started writing an article this week and actually took it out the one that I I, uh, I put online yesterday. And the and the point of that was was and you've touched upon this before in Texas Unfiltered. Is there's got to be life after other players, and there's one who's been face of the franchise who should have been first in the queue. If that was the case, um, and. People have sort of joked around, what's JJ Watt going to be traded for? But I could have lived with that. And the fact that he's not been on the field. He's not been reliable. Has he been good when he's been on the field? Yes, but is he, has he got some sentimental value that you could probably get more than his current value from a team you traded with him? I think all those things were in the Texans' favour. And I actually wrote an article about this, and I wish I'd published it now, because I just never saw this coming. And that's been coming for a number of years, uh, you know. But Hopkins has been Mr. Reliable on the field, comes back on the field in the playoff with a broken rib. He played the, the, the previous playoff game with the Colts with a torn, uh, or his shoulder, you know, torn off the bone. And he's given you everything. And yeah, has Watson been over a line on him? Has there been probably too close there? Yeah, it probably has. And, you know, could this make this offense more balanced longer term? Yeah, will we see the benefits of that next season? I don't think so. And I think two things I thought. One, if you've got anyone else in that role, if a first round pick isn't included in this trade, do they accept it? And... Where's Deshaun Watson say that today? I think, uh, so Deshaun's working with Quincy Avery right now. Uh, Quincy posted a video of uh, Deshaun's reaction when he found out what happened. And then since then has deleted the video. Um, He didn't look happy. Uh, You know, 
this I have I have said multiple times that this would be the final year for me and Bill O'Brien. And uh, you know, I doing the pod and and you know having a Twitter, I always try to uh tone down my fandomness to ensure that I give a fair perspective when speaking on the team. Um and to this point, I've had to deal with tons of things that are almost inexcusable. And then you look at this and this situation, and it, it's, it, it is completely inexcusable. Um, you know, if, David, if uh, Arizona would have ate half of the contract of David Johnson, maybe this would have been a little bit easier to digest. But just looking at this deal, you can't, you can't spin it. You can't look at it as a genius move. You can't look at it as a smart move. You can't look at it as, as an okay move. Right. You add up everything that Bill O'Brien has done since taking over GM with the Tunsil trade. Uh, you know, Duke and Gary and I agree are still good deals. Uh, I, I really do. I think that those were really good deals. Uh, but then you take this into consideration and then the clowny aspect and he just has no idea what he's doing. And I. I am trying to do my best to not teeter back and forth. And the goal was to have the entire season of um, being as supportive as possible and trying to be positive looking at this, but this is not the way you want to kick off the season. Uh, This is not what fans are going to want to see. And at the end of the day, there's really nothing you can say about the deal itself. It's a bad deal. It's a bad deal. Bill O'Brien was in over his head, and I, I honestly, I really don't know what else we can say about the trade. I mean, this is going to go down as the worst trade potentially in NFL history. I mean, when you look at it and look at what we got in return, there is nothing that anybody can say otherwise. You could talk about the Herschel Walker trade. You could talk about the Tunsil trade. You could talk about all these deals that people overpaid for. And this looks like another move that was made emotionally by Bill O'Brien because he had a riff with DeAndre Hopkins. It's very similar to the Jadavian Clowney trade. He's not looking out for the best interest of the team. He's looking out for the best interest of Bill O'Brien. And if that's going to be the, the, the situation moving forward, this team is never going to be able to take the steps in the right direction. And it's unfortunate because you have a quarterback where you should be able to do that. Minus all of these situations and trades and deals, you have a quarterback where you should feel comfortable knowing that the franchise is going to be fine. But how does this affect Deshaun Watson in the future? How does this really the biggest thing right now that we need to look at is how does this impact free agency? If, if players that are coming to sign potentially with the team, what are they thinking? What are they thinking as far as when they make when they ink that deal with the Texans about their future? No employee is able to perform when in the back of their mind they are not going to be a long-term answer or have any security within the organization. And that's a part that I think people need to start to think about a little bit more. Because this deal happened too early for us. And I don't see how you can spin this when you're meeting with top top free agents that that was a one-off because history shows that that's not the case. I don't know where 
where he thinks or how he how O'Brien can possibly think that this is going to be viewed by anyone of any stature around the league in the people's opinions that matters, agents, Laramie Tunsil's new agency, David Magaletta. He already first, tweeted. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, not much, but I think it said it was about saying more than than more is less. I think and yeah, and how do you how does he think this this benefits anyone apart from potentially earn you know alleviate some workplace stress for him? I don't know, but he is he's finding guys like Clowney, finding guys like Hopkins in the first round. A lot of teams can go five ten years without doing. To even coming close to finding either, and to just dismiss these guys and let them walk out of the building, when you know that there's so much change ahead and there's so much uncertainty. I know the CBA, you know, and I had a list of points today. CBA was one of them, just sort of throwing it all out the window. CBA, you know, and revenues could well go up, and you think teams have got a propensity to be more aggressive, but it almost looks like we're being risk adverse, and the. What what needs answered, and I don't know if you'll get it from anyone inside the building, because everybody that had influence or power is now gone. He's the last man standing. It is all on his shoulders, 100%. This is another mess completely created by one man's ego. Uh, there was a couple of quotes that um, somebody tweeted out today about people's reactions, and I won't repeat them because I don't know necessarily if they're true or not. But the sentiment was that people are pissed off with this man. And rightly so. And it, when it goes beyond the fan base, and you can you always get up and down, ups and downs with the fan base, and depending on the team's success, that's just you know sp- sports you know in its essence. But what what I can't get forward is somebody needs to answer the fundamental question of what were they trying to achieve with this trade. And I don't know if you'll get one because I don't know if there is one. But no, it, I, I, I agree 100%. And, and you know what's going to happen. You and I both know what's going to happen. When we have our free agency press conference, he's going to be asked a question, and he's going to say that we just thought it was best for the team. And he's going to give us no other detail to it. There's going to be nothing that is added to the reasoning or why it happened and also why he got fleeced. Uh, and at the end of the day, he is all we have as a spokesperson for the organization. Cal McNair doesn't do anything. He sits at the top level of, of NRG, gets in the elevator every day, goes all the way to the top, comes all the way down at 4.30, 4 o'clock. Unless it's a Friday, he'll leave at 3. And then, you know, doesn't say anything to anybody. Uh, this this is just a mess. I, I can't believe I'm in, I, I can't believe we're, we're three hours into the league year and this is where my mindset is. It bothers me. It bothers me. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get over it. You know, I I think the only thing, and it's not a positive in any way, um, but the only thing that's sort of shielded people from the blow is that you've been here before. And once you've done something once, it's a lot easier to stomach the second time. And But it is, it's the second time, and it's two years in a row that we have given Premier Franchise pillar players away for next to nothing. 
But the, the, the problem is, and I keep, I keep, and it keeps in the back of my head, I, my first reaction was, well, these guys know it's a business. They know people will move in and out. It's, it's the nature of the beast, yeah? But when you've got two players who are universally recognised as having a connection on offence, you don't you don't you don't break that away unless it's an, you know unless it was a an offer and not to go back to the value because we've covered that and the value wasn't there but when you have top tier players going for two firsts and you trade a top tier player for a second and an upgrade and a fourth that probably equates to you know a, you know that doesn't even equate to a you know a, a first round pick um and you know factor in you taking a running back who some of his tape last year is not great and a bit worrying to be honest from where he used to be. But when, but what point does Cal McNair come out? Because the quote that keeps coming back in my head and not that we've heard anything from Cal and he needs to answer and I think that's something that I don't think we'll ever get so it's almost like we'll give up the ghost there. But the, the, the quote at the end of the season and O'Brien reiterated it in his combine interview and when he said, I love that guy. Deshaun Watson said, I love that guy. Now, if Deshaun Watson hadn't have been as effusive in his praise for O'Brien that, that he has been and backs him everything he does, he's never had a bad word to say about when he could have said nothing. Now, not blaming Deshaun anyway, because he's probably the biggest, uh, you know, he's going to lose out the biggest in this in his play because, you know, there's a, a reasonable case to say his numbers go down next year because he's not got his number one target and it takes some time to readjust. But if it all kind of went wrong when O'Brien got this last extension, now I know that was Bob and you know and God rest his soul, he's moved on uh, and you know to a better place. So a man that struggled with illness for a long time, and his son's coming, perhaps not by his choice did he ever want to be there. But he's been around the building, and he has now two seasons in a row to the point where it comes down to borderline gross negligence. Now I don't think he cares because he sits up in the box and choose on some caviar and says, do we sell this in the concessions? You know, and I think it's, is he that out of touch with the game and the fans or does he just not care? Because it has to be either because I, I, can't, I can't possibly see it being, you know, anything else. How can you let this guy effectively erode premier talent off a roster and not get anything back? I don't know. No, you're right, right? It's it's one or the other. It's it's either he has no idea what he's doing and both or he them, doesn't in both roles as the owner and the GM. Or or he doesn't care, right? There there, there can't it can't it, it can't there, there's no other thing it could be. It's one or the other. Or it's both, which is definitely likely. Uh but yeah, I mean like there's no way you woke up this morning looking at this deal and didn't think, okay, Arizona's this, this, at least this, I'm not a general manager, right? And, and neither are you, but we're sensible people. So Arizona calls and sends you an offer says, we'll give you David Johnson, a second round pick and we'll swap fourths. So that's how you start your morning. As a general manager, my next move would be what other teams need a wide receiver. Okay. Let me reach out to him. Here's what we're getting from Arizona. And then you, you inflated a little bit, right? It's just like selling something on Craigslist or Facebook's market, Facebook Marketplace. You have a price in mind. So you're selling a bike. You want $40 for it. So you list it for $45 or $50 because you know they're going to try to wiggle you down. Same thing with a general manager when looking to make a trade, especially of this stature. 
there is no way in God on God's green earth that there were not other offers. There's just not. There is there's even a list of wide receivers that have been traded by um, in the league and what we received what they received back. So here's the amount of wide receivers traded away for a first round pick: Percy Harvin, Roy Williams, Joey Galloway, Peerless Price. Keyshawn Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks again, Amari Cooper, Odell Beckham Jr., Randy Moss. Deshaun, DeAndre Hopkins is up there with all of them. And we couldn't get that back. You either didn't do your homework or you didn't care to do your homework. And those are the only answers that could that could exist. I mean, the the basic fundamentals of a trade or an agreement with another party, you're right. He's just he's met. He's just got it wrong again. But he, we we come back to repetition of the exact same sentiment was held when you thought if you could have picked up Jadavian Clowney, even if it was a one season rental for a third, why weren't there teams queuing around the block? Why was there not a long long line of GMs on the phone? You know, you think how many how many teams would have taken that up? And you've got like Eric DaCosta at the Ravens who's putting on a bit of a masterclass at the minute and trying to get value back for his team to build a sustainable roster around his quarterback because they know they've got to load up on picks because they'll have to pay that guy at some point. So they have to build that roster now. And when they pay that guy, they've got, you know, the shelf life continues so you don't do a Dallas or a Seattle and you fall flat when you pay your quarterback. Are you telling me there wasn't a single team as well in, that, in this league was willing to give up more than what they gave us today. I cannot believe that for a second. Watched, you've watched this guy since 2013. From 2014 onwards, he got better and better and he worked on his game every season. He gave his team everything and only two and a bit years in with a genuine quarterback, you ship him off. So I don't know what he's done to O'Brien to deserve that. Now, good luck to him. I've always liked DeAndre. Nice guy. He's a, one of the more interesting interviews off the field. You know, various interests. But any suggestion that his play was down last year, any suggestion that he wasn't the player he was, is false. He wasn't. And I just don't, I just don't know where it, where, it, where it ends. As you said, I think, you know, this, when I messaged you earlier, I said, we'll just do a quick interlude at free agency. I thought we'd be at the point where we're maybe talking about some big deals. You know, they're pretty steep. At no point did I think we'd find ourselves in this absolute mess of a situation again where ultimately the team that you and I, you know, choose to spend our time talking about, spend money to watch. You know, I've flown my number of guys transatlantically to watch this team. And it's just another sucker punch into the point where the team that, you know, the team that means, you know, so much to so many people in Houston and beyond is the fucking laughing stock of the NFL. You know, and it's, t- it's just tough to, tough to be in that position again. Yeah, fair enough. Once you make a mistake, you learn from it, but it just doesn't look like we've learned from it. So how many times can we let this mistake go before it hits an end point? Yeah, no, I mean, you, you hit it, you know, dead on. Like, this isn't something that, like, what you and I do costs us money to do. We do this because we love this. We're passionate about this. This is, this is what we enjoy doing, right? We work, we work full-time jobs, and then outside of that, this is it for us, right? And we apply everything we can to it. I know you do, and I know I do, and I know John does too. And 
you get moments like this and you have to question as a fan and as somebody who is flying to games, hosting events, taking money out of our own, our own pockets to, to do this. Why do we do it? Right. And, and we're going to continue to do it because we love this game and we love this team, but you see things like this and you start to ask yourself, why do you continue to, (laughs) because if the team is not ever going to take a step forward and put forth the actions to continue to try to be a contender, it makes it really hard to continue to push forward and want to do these types of things. And, you know, we're coming off of signing Bradley Roby, which was great. We got him for a great market deal, you know, $12 million a year. I'm also yeah. hearing that that it's incentive-laden as well. So it's it may, his annual salary may not be $12 million, It may be more around ten, And then he can earn up to $12 million if he plays all games and things of that nature. So we're looking at that, and we had positive news to come into, the, into free agency. Uh, you hear the murmurs of David Johnson. And I think originally everybody was excited because, you know, we thought, okay, this looked like a Brock Osweiler type deal. It's how it should have been, right? Should have been, hey, they're going to give us a pick. We're, you know, we traded a second to uh, Cleveland to get rid of Brock, not for the same amount of money, not of not 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 eleven million, but you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and you know, we're thinking that should be the same way, and it's great. We'll take it. And then I tweeted out once we saw this because it was too quiet, and if you go back through my timeline, you'll see it. I said the lack of details in the deal is somewhat concerning because there was a ton of tweets from Adam and Ian, Mike Garofalo, Tom Pelissero about the deal, but nobody had any, any details as far as what was being sent out in return. And that scared me. And, you know, you come to find out that DeAndre Hopkins is, is a part of that deal. And it just, it's it still to this day makes no sense. And, uh, you know, I, I feel bad for your listeners to have to hear, the, you know, this kind of conversation to be had on a day where there shouldn't be this kind of conversation. But, you know, as we're doing this right now, the Indianapolis Colts trade their first <laughs> round pick that. for DeForest Buckner <laughs> to the Niners. And while you're not getting better as a team, you're watching teams in your division get better. And uh, it's 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 pathetic. Yeah, I just, just saw that flash up on the phone there and yeah it's gonna yeah as I said today's conversation wasn't designed to be I think sometimes even though when you've both of us you know reasonably similar views on the Texans and it helps to talk out of it right but you know it's and hopefully people listen to this they'll let them make a little bit of sense of what's going on today but it's going to take time, I think. And, you know, when the world's in a really strange place at the minute, you thought certainty, stability, you know, a sure approach to a team that had a reasonably tumultuous off-season last season to follow up with this and more change isn't good. And and it's just it's just a reset button press again on offence. And, and O'Brien's done it every season. This looked like the first time ever in his reign that we would have continuity and he's just taking his biggest defensive weapon out of the team so where does that leave this team for this season i don't know yeah well luckily for us we still have a couple hours and a couple days to figure it out um you know things can happen things you know a lot of people are talking about antonio brown i I don't see that happening 
but um, you know, if you talk about, you know, if you can get Antonio Brown for a vet minimum and a one year prove a deal and he's replacing DeAndre Hopkins and his his at, you know, his off the field stuff is done and he's a team player, sure, maybe, whatever. Uh, I don't see it happening. Uh, you know, there's Keenan Allen out there, there's there's Stephon Diggs, so there's options. Uh, the problem is is that, you know, to land Diggs, to land Keenan, you're sending a second or a third, right? So why not just keep DeAndre Hopkins for, you know, I don't know. It's uh, lots of moves can be made, but, you know, to have an instant reaction, um, you know, it's the world we live in. And, and unfortunately, hopefully for, you know, your listeners and people that follow me, they're, they'll try to maybe put some some uh, a twist on this and try to see the bright bright side of it. It's hard for us to right now. Um but you know, give a give a day, let us sleep on it. Things will get better, and we'll start to look at it. I mean, we we love this team, and that, you know, that's what we're going to continue to. This this is, this doesn't change that. Yeah, I think it was. We I I'd written at the start of this off season, it was an academic question whether O'Brien stayed or left, because he was always going to go. He was going to yield more power, and he had it all at his feet, and this was the time for him to deliver. Because you know, regardless of. Cal and how he views this team and how he views the growth of this team. It's not going to change, but... The best thing that can happen is Cal steps in, fires Bill O'Brien today, and uh, before the trade can come official on Wednesday, X-Nays the trade or gets better value for it, and we figure out what we're going to do with head coach because at this point, um, I don't know what can be done without Cal. Yeah. And not, the answer is it's, it sits with him, so we could be waiting a while. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how we go. As we said, instant reaction today. Wanted to get something out. It wasn't planned to talk about this, but young Ari Gold from the Texans Unfiltered podcast. Thanks for your time. We'll need to revisit this once the dust settles and see where we are. I agree. Because um, some of it's got to make more sense than it does right now. That's for sure. But thank you very much for your time. Always appreciate you joining us, uh, and I'll speak to you soon. Absolutely.